Blog Talk Radio. Gary Carter, Hall of Famer and former Mets legend. Two and a half million people that were on Broadway cheering for us and celebrating along with us. That's something that was one of the most exhilarating moments in my, my life, in my career. Former Mets pitcher, World Series champion Gary Gentry. You don't think about the World Series, you're there. As long as we're here, we might as well win, right? Jerry Kuzman. And you watch two, three years down the line, everybody's pitching that way. It doesn't make it right. Nolan Ryan. When you get traded, I think it's that time. It's disappointing that you feel like mainly the organization that you came up with and you really feel a commitment and ownership to them. You probably get your feelings hurt a little. Chris Benson was a big student of the game and studied hitters and video. We're joined by Hall of Fame pitcher Phil Negro. Charlie Huff joining us. Rick Peterson joined us. Live from the internet, it's the Cult of Mets Personalities 2016 season. Starring Gene Anthony. Nick Kalidas, and a virtual cult of Mets personality. That open needs a little work, I think. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Hello, everybody. (laughs) Have a happy Sunday night. It's it's the cult of Mets personalities, back and beautiful, just like we like to be. It's... uh, I'm Nick Kalidas. I'm here with my uh, good buddies, Gene Anthony and Mr. Dave Singer, who just returned from Africa. He was scouting uh, for some players uh, for the WBC. So, Dave, <laughs> did you find anybody? Any good young lefties? I found uh, a young Jan Michael Vincent, who is the world's greatest athlete, apparently. <laughs> you guys remember that movie? <laughs> the worst. Uh, but I'll tell you, it was a great experience, though. Awesome time. I can imagine. I can imagine. Uh, Gino, what uh, what have you been up to? Just living down in Florida, man. This is, you know, this is my time of year. Uh, yeah. Um, I'll tell you what. It's um, Obviously, we were talking right before we went on about um, how it's sort of, sort of nice to sort of have a very – detailed strategic discussion about something that is sort of light like sports because honestly whole world is sort of getting a little funny and it's getting to be where um you know it's hard to have any sort of conversation with anybody that's not dripping with uh, the political climate and everything else and so i think in this particular case it's great we can sort of all agree on uh, how badass our team is because um you know, because uh, the main injuries we have, it's David Wright's back and uh, Ed Crane pulls toe, and that's sort of sort of what, <laughs> what's happening. Um, let's uh, let's dig right in. Um, I guess uh, we can maybe start with uh, you know before we get into the roster and everything. I just want to touch on the WBC. Um, just get your your thoughts on it, because obviously. Um, we, this is the first offseason I've ever seen players start to audibly um, kind of just say, well, I'm not going because I don't feel like it. It's, uh, we don't really like it. And, you know, I thought of giving the politically correct answer. You know, I think um, uh, No Syndergaard started that whole movement of just sort of thinking, well, why do I need to, to kind of uh, mince my words? This is how I feel. And so it, the fans found it very refreshing. And now all of a sudden – I noticed that a lot of the reporters that are covering this stuff, 
it's almost given them permission to kind of say what's on their mind. And now it's leaking out what all the GMs think and all the managers think. And it seems also like more and more American players are also not going now because of this sort of the pressure being taken off. Um, I don't have a problem with it personally. You know, it's when um, I hear people discussing it and I've heard um, people either I've heard the commissioner on, on different sort of um, podcasts and radio shows and I've heard, um, you know, different people from different factions talking about how it's good for baseball, but everything goes back to them making more money, brings money into the sport. And from a fan perspective, obviously I couldn't care less because, uh, you know, I think that it's, as it is, it's so flushed with cash that it's actually starting to impede on um, our enjoyment of the game. Uh, what, what are your thoughts on it? Um, each one, just, just the, the, the WBC in general, and then the idea that players are, are literally leaving their team. Like we have Seth Lugo leaving, right? And beyond the fact, let's say Jose Reyes is, is risking his hamstrings and everything else, Lugo, as an example, is trying to gun for that fifth starter spot. And I mean, he essentially takes himself out of the competition. So like he, this is his life's work. He gets this golden opportunity and he's going to make sure he's the guy sitting in Vegas at the end, um, just over this tournament. Uh, so uh, Dave, why don't you start us off? What do you, uh, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm torn. I actually really, I'm probably one of the few, I actually really enjoy the World Baseball Classic. Um, I think, you know, living in Korea for a lot of years and living over in Europe and just being a huge baseball fan, you know, I, I love to see it, the world stage. I have yet to figure out how to make it work with the major league season. I mean, do you do it in, you know, November and, hold it in Australia or, or what do you, how do you make it work? Um, you know, I hate to see Lugo go. Um, I respect Thor. You know, I see a guy like Daniel Murphy playing. Uh, it's just, it's a tough situation. You know, it's not really the world baseball classic because you got a lot of great players that don't play, but at the same time, you know, it's something special. I've been following the Israel team, which has a lot of former Mets on it. Um, and I'm Jewish. So it's nice to follow that. But, um, you know, it's weird because those guys aren't really Israeli. They're like American Jews. And you got Seth Lugo, and he's playing for Puerto Rico. I'm like, like what? <laughs> I thought you were Italian. I, so I don't know. It's, it's like a weird <laughs> mishmash of things. You know, like I remember anybody with a vowel on their last name could play for Italy. <laughs> you know? um, but, but overall, you know, I really enjoy it. I wish there was a way to make it work where they could say, you know, we're going to have it like in January or something as a precursor to the season mm -hmm. and then really stock the American rosters with, I don't know, I'm all over the place mm -hmm. here, but the net of it is I like it. I just don't know how it's going to really, you know, how it really can work. What do you think, Gene? I hate it. I hate it last time. I hate it this mm -hmm. time. And quite honestly, American baseball players don't feel the same about their allegiance to American baseball as the Dominican Republic, Puerto Rico, for them, it means a lot more. Not that American baseball players don't care about America, but they care about themselves. They care about their contracts. Um, they care about keeping themselves, you know, sound. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know, you get some guys that get into it. I was – the reason why we don't hold it in the winter is because they don't want to interfere with the winter leagues for good reason. Mm -hmm. I, I think it's a horrible idea to have it right before the season. If any, if one person gets hurt, if you look at, I saw today, one of the top ten performances in all of 
WBC history was David Wright, number two, and the great mm-hmm. WBC he had. And that might have been the last time that he was really, really good um, on a national stage. I think it's mm-hmm. terrible for injuries. The season, if you want to do that, it goes back to what we talked about last year, shorten the major league season, because it's a lot of baseball. It's it's you know, and especially guys just took time off, and we know about spring training, how you're supposed to ease yourself in. Now you're asking guys to go full throttle in the second or third week of spring training. And they're essentially, you know, Syndergaard said it right. You're leaving your team, the guys that you're going to fight for the whole season, for this WBC that doesn't amount to anything. You don't – it's not a World Cup. We don't – it's a very different thing in baseball. And I, I, I think that it's half-assed for, you know – um, I think it's half-assed for us. And it's a bad idea for the guys. Well, I know I heard something today. It was a clip from uh, Jim Bowden, and he just to preface preface it, he he's flipped on the issue since he's not a GM at this point. Um, and the flip seemed kind of a little shady. But what he was talking about was he was GM. I think it was of the Reds at the time, and there was a very important relief pitcher. Um, he didn't mention the name of who it was. It was going into the last WBC and had a um, an arm issue, uh, and the team doctor um, basically declared the guy ineligible to go there. And the the whoever was doing the medical clearances for the WBC basically said um, that he was fine. So MLB forced um, forced the player to go, basically overriding the team doctors. Player gets hurt and is out for the year, and. You know, the, he's still bitter about it, the GM. <laughs> um, and that whole thought process of just no GMs wanted. And what happens is they get pressured. This is what Bowden had said. They get pressured to push these players to go for the greater good of the sport. And realistically, the greater good is just money. So it doesn't – to me, it's, it depends. It's this, this sort of ongoing narrative of what's good for the sport. And good for the sport – it's not just cash. I mean, just them making more money is not necessarily always good because you're creating, I think you're creating a tournament, especially the time of year where you're putting young players at risk of getting hurt. And if there's peer pressure to play, then all of a sudden they might feel like they can't say no, but think of this. And I'm just curious on your opinions on this one, and then we can kind of get off of it. The, um, do you feel as though there's any, um, Maybe there's a bit of uh, taking advantage of certain players from certain cultures that might be, I guess, um, for whatever reason, might be pushed around a little bit more, either through peer pressure because all their peers or culturally they're sort of forced into it. Because it almost seems to me like, you know, the Latin teams get filled up and that's pretty much it. And so it's a big deal in those countries. And they always, you know, except for I think um, I think there's an Asian, um, I think, what, who won once? I think Japan won once, but outside of that, mm-hmm. the Latin countries do really, really well because they have all the players. And so, in their home countries, if they don't play, they get a lot of pressure. But I mean, think of Cabrera. Thank God he <laughs> he got booted out. He couldn't even last the year last year. I mean, we need Reyes to play third base, and he's going to be burning innings playing in a meaningless tournament. I mean, and they're also risking their own livelihood. A lot of young young pitchers are being forced to go there. For what? You know, what's the purpose of it? So do you think that it's unfair in that regard where to keep the tournament – like, in other words, is the tournament geared 
specifically to just siphon money out of Latin America, which is sort of exactly what it looks like to me, and figuring that they're, through just pressure, the player's going to have to go and play in this tournament. No, no, no. I mean, you hit, you hit the nail on the head yourself. I mean, Cabrera, mm-hmm. who's a veteran, who's mm-hmm. a guy that's, you know, that's really kind of trying to hang on to have a last couple mm-hmm. of good years while he's got all these knee mm-hmm. injuries. Sure. He was devastated that he, that he wasn't on the team. So no, those people, gen, those guys genuinely want to play for their teams. I, I, you know, I think, you know, the Americans. What's he got to say? Wait a minute. Just to interrupt one second. You know, I, I've heard, uh-huh. and maybe I'm wrong here. I mean, I've heard that sometimes they have to, to get off the team. <laughs> they have to show that they're really upset because they have to face their countrymen. They have to they have to go home there afterward and deal with the fact that they didn't play. So it's almost like my my father's right off the boat. I know that whole the whole drama. It's kind of like oh please don't you know <laughs> I need to do this but but somebody hold me back you know it's sort of that kind of a situation because it's terrible for him. I mean it's the, no, this I, is his, I, one of I, the I last think, couple I, of years. No, I think you have this one. You have this one wrong. Yeah. Um, I mean okay. baseball is the fabric of those guys being, and it's inextricably intertwined with their culture and their upbringing and who they are. I mean, they grow up playing baseball, and that's really what they want to do, um, especially in countries like the Dominican Republic and Mexico. These guys really, really want so to play So what's the purpose of promoting it there? In other words, what, if this is to promote the sport, and primarily those are the only – that's the only area where players are actually playing. I mean, you said it yourself. You know, we have – players that are, like Seth Lugo is playing on, on, you know, question mark team. It's basically he's Italian, but whatever. And you have players that are they're just playing on whatever team they can sort of link themselves to just to complete this, I, I would say, but illusion of it being a world it, tournament. It, but really, it's a Latin American tournament. It seems like it's no, 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 there's two, there's two different things. Real quick, my last point, okay. to jump in. There's two different aspects of it, and you're, you're confusing mm-hmm. them, which is why you're okay. so flummoxed. There's the business okay. aspect. <laughs> Baseball okay. is kind of in decline. They want to make it mm-hmm. a global game. They want to make it interesting. They want to make it competitive. They want right. to make this, you know, thing a worldwide thing, like the World Cup that you mentioned earlier, which is never going to be. But but that's the thing. The, the, mm-hmm. the, the globe stops for the World Cup, right? So they mm-hmm. want to do something like that. So there's the business aspect of it. But then you have the individual aspect of it, too. If you follow these guys on Twitter – that are playing for the Israel team, for example. They're having this incredible okay. experience. They're in Korea. They're bonding. They're playing. They're doing something. They're like, they don't give a shit about an injury. No one's worried about a fucking injury but, but us, but the fans of these teams. I mean, people play sports all day long, and they don't worry about injury. I don't know. I just I think that's the wrong way to look at it. I don't know. I mean, do you, know? <laughs> do you really feel like a professional athlete's not worried about injury? I mean, again, well, I'm I'm not talking about like a, a you know 25th man on a roster going to play for team you know team Italy just because because he can. I'm 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 talking about the bigger the bigger stars or maybe the younger stars that have made money yet that are going and really going full force in March. I mean, it, you really think it's not in the back of their head, and, and should it be? Well, it it could be, but I mean, I think it's a, a, a might be a different issue here because. Mm-hmm. What Syndergaard said, I mean, he wants to – in baseball, the ultimate goal is to win the World Series. The United States holds the highest level of baseball for any – every other country wants to come and play Major League Baseball no matter how good their players are. 
So these countries watch their players, whether it's, you know, a Japanese kid, whether it's a Dominican Republic kid, they're watching them in Major League Baseball playing for the Mets, playing for Cincinnati. They're representing that town that they're not from. The entire country will watch them play. That's their thing. They're excited. They get to represent now their country and play. It means more to the other countries than us because at the end of the day, if you win the WBC and the United States wins it, what's the value in that? I mean, the Olympics might be a, a similar analogy where we, we finally put together a dream team and said no you know, amateur-only players. And that sucked right. to watch. That was stupid, right? So, right, of course. I mean, I think I, I would almost say for if you want to kind of fix both sides, let the American players, the minor league players, play, put them on the national stage. So maybe you mm-hmm. know, somebody will rise to the top. Not that you shouldn't have any sure. uh, major leaguers, but maybe – Mm-hmm. Reserve it for the minor leaguers because at okay. the end of the day, the ultimate goal for some Dominican players, it may be mm-hmm. winning that WBC for their country, but not for the United States players. Bryce Harper would not give a shit at all if they won the WBC. I don't care what anybody says. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, you know, that, that's win for Washington. Oh, yeah. You know, and that's sort of what I was saying before as far as the, the marketing, the purpose behind it. So, I I mean, Dave, I heard the, what you had said about the WBC. I've heard that from them before. I know that that's the, the point is to grow the game globally. My thought is, you know, sometimes – It's already global. <laughs> yeah, well, well – It could be any more global than – people, people are, mm-hmm. are leaving their country on a boat in the middle just to get out of there to play baseball here. I mean, is it global enough? Well, is it global? Well, no, that's few, not the global players. Well, hold on. It's not the global players; it's the global fans they're trying to reach out to. I mean, the players, okay. yeah, yes, it's the fans. I mean, they're they're trying but to build which, up. What countries, though, are you talking? Latin America is deeply into baseball. Japan is real deeply in. What what countries that are not into baseball are we really engaging here? That's what I'm wondering. Like, sure. in other words, if it's, I mean, if it's truly at, every, worldwide, na- yeah. Na- na- answer an, mm-hmm. answer your own question. Every okay. country that has a team: Australia, okay. Israel, okay, Canada. All right. England, right. Italy. That's okay. they're trying to grow the base. That's how businesses work, right? No, you can't I, just keep yeah. catering to 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 where you already have, you know, a saturation. I mean, of course, those are going to participate, but where they're trying to grow it is where it's on the mm-hmm. fringes, where it's on the margins. Because, I mean, Japan mm-hmm. didn't have baseball until World War II, and now it's mm-hmm. a huge deal over there. So, who's going to be the next Japan? Sure. We don't we don't know that, you know. So, I think that's that's what they're trying to do. The timing could be any, better. I mean, you, later in well, the season, yeah. like you said. But also, I mean, what's the strategy there? In other words, this by taking American players that have some last name and sticking them in a tournament, I mean, are they marketing it in these countries? Is there – in Australia, is there is it being televised in Australia? I mean, I, I'm curious. I don't actually know. But is it on TV in England? <laughs> the BBC having the World Baseball Classic, and are they getting behind it? Um, I just wonder. Again, it's, again I think it's always um, – to be suspicious in business, I think, is just human nature a lot. And I always think that there's a second, uh, kind of a second narrative going on. Um, and again, I could just be overly pessimistic when it comes to, to people's motivation. But, you know, they keep, I keep hearing money, revenue over and over and over again. And so sometimes that clouds judgment. And it seems, like I said, to me, when I look at MLB.com, right, that's their principal way of promoting things, I see 
like literally everything is geared toward Latin American countries, which is totally fine. It's just the matter of that shows me where their focus is. I don't see a million stories on team, you know, team France or whichever, you know, so I just, I just wonder what the game plan is. And to me, if the game plan is really worthy, then maybe the players should be making that uh, push. But that's one of the things. That's why I think so many people are so excited when their players reject it, you know, because they just don't see the value in millionaires making more money. But if there was something that actually improved the sport, you know, I don't know. I think I'd, I still don't agree March is the right time for it. But, I mean, I'd be open-minded, I think. Um, I will say, let's, let's, let's just let's move, move on to baseball here. Um, and I, I got an interesting bridge here because we're talking about, let's say, winning this division this year. And I find that the two comments that Harper and Syndergaard made about the WBC are a great example of the medal of these two teams. Um, Syndergaard took accountability and just, you know, kind of told people what he thought. And Harper said that he's not going because Syndergaard isn't. <laughs> um, <laughs> and so, and so the fight begins. Um, it's just, you know, to me, that says a lot. Um, you know, it's those little, little tiny things that show you somebody's character. In other words, um, it's just, to to point to somebody else and you know i now granted i think that it was really smart for them to upgrade the catcher position but i the entire winter i'm seeing things unfold and i i'm in love with this team you know every team's got you know certain flaws and every team if they get injured is going to be you know hurt deeply but you know i just i just see so much of um a separation between us and the Nationals. I just think that if if the teams are reasonably healthy, I think that it's going to be the same sort of, sort of separation as 2015. So I'm curious what you guys think from a, more of a broader perspective. You know, how do the as they shape up right now? How do you think the two teams match up? Do 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 do. Oh, I'm going to take you first. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's it's difficult. It's difficult to tell right now. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, I think the Mets have made some improvements. You know, I'm still a little worried about um, injuries. You know, we don't know what we have in Wheeler. I mean, Wright's really looking Mm -hmm. like he's not in great shape. I was Mm -hmm. heartened to see how well Duda played those two games, but I did a little reading on his injury, and they said that's a really tough thing to come back for, and you could go. You, know, you got Cabrera's on a little bit bulky. Um, I just, I, I'm still a little worried. I do wish we had a little better outfield situation. I would love to have come into the season with one or two of, you know, Granderson or Bruce gone um, so that we had a little more stability. And, you know, then the job would just be Conforto's to have all year. So with all that negativity, you know, there's a lot of good things, right? So I, I like our bullpen. I think, you know, we're a little bit deeper than we were with Neil Walker back now. Uh, when I look at the Nats, I see a couple of holes, but I also see, you know, Bryce Harper, you know, as much as I hate the guy, pretty damn good. That, you know, that pitching staff, that starting pitching staff looks pretty damn good. Um, head-to-head, I would give a slight edge to the Mets right now. Not a big one, but I would give an edge to the Mets. Gene, what do you think? And, and I'm also curious – from a depth perception, um, you know, Dave, you talked about the, the Nats starting rotation too. Um, 
after, yes. I mean, after the number four spot even, <laughs> um, you know, do you feel, uh, you know what, Dave, just, just complete this one before we, we move to, uh, to Gene. Do you feel that, like their lack of depth is being given enough attention in the starting rotation? Because basically they, they traded away Giolito, and there's not, there's really nothing there to back up either, you know, obviously they're, they're big ace who still, still can't pitch, <laughs> mind you, mm-hmm. and Strasburg. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's you know, they but they have some they have some pitchers and some players I like. Um, you know, unfortunately, I have to watch a lot of national baseball um, <laughs> down here, and they have some guys that I think are, um, you know, I, I think are pretty good. I, you know, Tanner Rourke is a guy you don't hear about, but that guy's mm-hmm. kind of a tank, man. You know, two hundred ten innings, two hundred and twenty innings, whatever he threw last year. I mean, that's a guy you want to talk about depth. You know, he's not going to blow anybody away. He's not Scherzer. But that's like a, a guy who would probably make the Mets rotation this year. You know, I I would put him over uh, um, Max, and I would probably put him over, you know, Wheeler for sure. So, I don't know. I think I think they're a little deeper than maybe you think. What do you think, Jen? Who, who, who's closing for, for the Nationals? <laughs> Raleigh fingers <laughs> because because they you know they gave up they gave up a, a star closer now they may have a, yeah they did I, it, here's what I'll, here's what I'll give them credit for they make a lot of surprise moves they they sneak mm-hmm. they they backdoor a lot of moves they stay off the radar they're not they're going to pick up a, somehow they're going to get a closer before opening day but I'm not impressed with their infield um and their outfield has some holes too. If you look at their roster, I mean, Jason Worth is 37 years old. Um, you know, the, the infield. Basically, what has to happen is Murphy cannot start to. The, basically, the entire offense is going to revolve around Daniel Murphy. I mean, Bryce is the guy, but if Murphy starts slow and it's all on Bryce's shoulders, you can mm-hmm. see the team not doing very well. Um, they don't have a lot. Of, they do not have a lot of depth in their offense. The, I would say that their starting pitching is their strength, without a doubt. And and they could they're going to hang around with teams with their starting pitching. But I don't see enough from their bullpen, and I don't see a, I don't see a closer that's going to match up with the Mets this year. You know, and if they didn't pick up Weeders, I would say that mm-hmm. they basically are in big time trouble. But that that Weeders move was a good move for yeah. them. <clears throat> I that agree. I, to- I totally agree with that. You know, but I mean, like, if you look at their their rotation, I mean, you, um, Dave, you talked about Rourke, but that's their number four starter. You know, so mm-hmm. if you say he's better than Matt's, well, you know, <laughs> there we go. It, it's a matter of of the amount of innings that need to be thrown by pitchers throughout the year, and you know, they don't seem to have even a solid five, much less six or seven. So someone's got to throw those innings, and especially if, if Scherzer can't start the season let's say he starts a few weeks into april then you're dealing with strasburg gonzalez and you know rourke is your <laughs> is your three and and then that's it afterward with no closer so to me that's leaving you very open to to huge problems so they so whereas you know today you know we saw matt harvey um kind of <laughs> throw throw 92 miles an hour and i think if that was uh scherzer or strasburg i think that all of Washington Nation would have a heart attack because there's nobody else, there's nobody there. So we, 
we can withstand one, you know? Um, yeah. And the other thing that I, and this, and this is something interesting I've been thinking about. I want to know what you guys think. Um, I know there's this quote unquote battle for the fifth starter position and everyone's wondering what to do with Wheeler and everything else. And um, tell me where this is flawed because it seems like such an obvious um, concept to me. And it, I don't know why this is not even being at least publicly considered. So, you have Wheeler that can throw a little bit over 100 innings, 110, 120, whatever it might be. And you have Gazelman, who's in pretty much the exact same uh, shape. I mean, he's also a young pitcher and can't really push a ton of innings this year. And you want both of them to, let's say, be strong in October. You, and you really, for a performance perspective, don't want to shut anybody down for two months, especially somebody like Wheeler is just getting his form back together. Why are they not creating one 220-inning bulldog out of, out of two different people? You know, because to me, if they know they're each going every five days, you have one – Wheeler goes to the fifth inning because that one finishes the game. And you have this – you all of a sudden develop one pitcher, let's say, out of two people that can go nine innings that is – that they're both delivering, let's say, number three starter stuff. And we're one of the few teams that can actually pull that off. And that way – they're around all year. You never have to worry about anything. They always know when they're going. And you still have Lugo as a backup for anything that would happen to Harvey or anybody else. Plus, each of them is stretched out. So if somebody else has an injury and needs to go down for a week or two, you don't have to stretch anybody out. You can just have them go normally for a turn through. Um, where's the flaw there? Why is that not a thing, <laughs> like a very obvious thing? Either one of you take it. So are well, you saying – yeah, go ahead, Gene. Well, if you said that you're going to start the season with with those guys and they're going to take half a game each every time, I mean, mm-hmm. that may ultimately happen from time to time. But I think mm-hmm. from Jump Street, they want to see if there's going to be an injury because if you're telling a guy, look, mm-hmm. be prepared for this, be prepared for this, be prepared for this, and then, uh oh, we're going to need you for five instead, it might it might rattle. It, it might be something that they go to. It might rattle them. But I think here's where here's where it breaks down. That works okay. good if you can guarantee every single timeout that Wheeler throws four innings or five innings mm-hmm. and he gives up okay. two runs. But if he goes five innings or four innings and gives up no runs and they lose the game okay. because we brought the other – it's going to be a double-guess move every time. It's going to be double-guess, double-guess. Yeah, and so, what are you doing? He's going, to, he's going to go five instead of seven or something. So he's going to still leave that yeah. game. And, if it, and, and you can always take – you know, Gazelman out. This is it's another quality pitcher, and that's that's the thing. You're not just replacing him with, you know, whatever long reliever. You're replacing him with another starter that's probably worthy of that spot as just as much as Wheeler would be. You know, it would be and an I innovative move. That, I mean, nobody nobody yeah. is doing it. It would be it would be very innovative, and without media, it would be a great move. But it would be mm-hmm. you'd open yourself up to constant scrutiny. Who's getting the win? Who's not getting the win? Who's it, it's it's be based on matchup, yeah, I mean, you know, and think about that, like a switch hitter. It's like you can literally start the pitcher that's going to be the better opening matchup for that team. I, to me, it, w- it seems like such a huge advantage as opposed to having a problem and one of the pitchers feeling disappointed or having to leave Wheeler in Florida just to kind of burn time. You know, it's like everyone gets to go north. I don't know. What do you think, yeah. Dave? Yeah, it's, it's not a bad concept. I mean, I think things like that have kind of been tried before. You know, personally, I'm a little more traditional. I think the idea of DeSelman, uh, you know, as the fifth starter, 
you know, going in. And you don't even really need a fifth starter for the first couple of weeks. You have all these weird off days, you know, in April. Um, I, I think it makes sense. You know, I would target Wheeler. You could either do extended spring training with him, you know, just put him in the bullpen regardless and, you know, have him you know, throw a couple of innings um, a week, you know, until he gets his feet under him. And then maybe Kasama's just going to be awesome, and then that's what you go with this year. You know, we don't know what we have in Zach Wheeler right now. So it's kind of a weird supposition. I really want to see him – I want to see 20 innings of Wheeler before I really make a determination on where he's at. Because mm-hmm. uh, it seems like we haven't really heard that much. I, you know, he had that weird little injury. Now he's coming back from that. I'm just not um, convinced that he's going to really be a huge contributor this year. I mean, he's thrown a couple of batting practices uh, so far. I mean, it seems like um... – you know, it seems like he's all right. He's still he's throwing in the nineties and whichever Dude, else. I mean, two years. He's been he's been well, yeah, but so two years. Yeah, but Matt, though. Matt was out for two years and regained it. I mean, I'm not saying he's yeah. gonna be. I'm not expecting to be the guy that we last saw. I mean, by any stretch of the imagination. But you know, I'm also thinking that Gazelman has to be shut down at some point. I mean, you know, he didn't throw a lot of innings last year. So this thought of Gazelman yeah. going in there and just taking the fifth starter spot. It's sort of weird that everyone's being held to weird standards. I mean, he he pitched um, – what the hell did he pitch here um, last – I know he pitched, what, f- uh, 45 innings, let's say, in the majors, and I don't know what he was pitching mm-hmm. in the minors. But, you know, this, I mean, what is he going to pitch this year, 120 innings himself? So, you know, we could have Gazelman start the year great and then have to be shut down. Or, you know what I mean? So, like, right. to me, I don't – and I think the, the pitchers seem to hate – the shutdown. I want the routine. So this, to me, it seems like it would be giving both of them an opportunity to actually pitch all season and get that rhythm. Even going forward, you'd think that that would be better for their careers to be able to continuously make starts. Um, whether or not they can finish them, it's sort of like they don't have another option. So like, who gets the win and all that kind of jazz? It's they're not. This is not going to be a big win total year for either one of those two guys. So I mean, and of course you see Wheeler pitch, and if he's not ready, then doesn't really matter uh, without a doubt but I even I even think that if that's the case then Gazelman and Lugo should do something similar um, and I, because I guess I Lugo mean, has I the think, same I, problem well, I think you're going to see a lot of what you're mm-hmm. saying uh, I don't mm-hmm. think you're going to go in personally and, and say you know, you know here's a two for one we've got six starters for five slots and these two guys make up your fifth starter I just don't think that's going to happen but I do think what you're saying is true, that there's going to be some kind mm-hmm. of mishmash around the fifth starter position um, until it gets stabilized, and that's fine. So you go in kind of thinking maybe for the first two and a half, three months of the season that mm-hmm. that's what you're going to have. You're going to, you know, do some spot starting. You're going to see who gets injured. I mean, you need, in this day and age, at least eight starters to finish the season. Mm-hmm. So the fact that we have yeah. eight starters right now potentially – uh, I think it's a pretty a pretty good strength. I mean, it just goes without saying that guys go down all the time. So yeah, sure. uh, it's almost like it's almost like don't even worry about it right now. Just go in and whoever gets the fifth starting nod now, it doesn't really make make a difference because you know come the middle of May there'll be somebody else in there anyway. Well, you know what? I I, I hear you on that, and and to me, part of it is thinking about injury and performance as well. So, like, yeah. if you're starting Gazelman, then when you bring up, let's say you do bring up Willer at some point, like you still don't know what you have, and I think that not only can it reduce the workload and the pressure, because I mean, you think about a pitcher that just gets a shot out of nowhere, he might overextend himself, and you know, it's hard to plan for injury all the time. But this, to me, the the innings limit is sort of a given. 
So while injuries probably will happen, this definitely will happen. <laughs> and mm-hmm. so I just, I just wonder if just psychologically it takes some pressure off. And I also noticed that, I don't know if you guys noticed the same thing here, um, Rafael Montero is quietly not only having a really, really interesting start to the spring, but he's also being utilized heavily by Collins um, and having ridiculous results. And I'm starting to kind of notice people mentioning his name as far as something that maybe changed. So I wonder if nothing's being said much, but like they're noticing the Montero sort of back. Have you guys noticed any of the same thing at all? Have you read anything about him or um, has it, Jumped out at you? Well, I think I saw I, I saw him a little bit. Um, you know, unfortunately, I haven't been able to watch a lot of a lot of spring training. Um, mm-hmm. You know, but he he walked a couple guys. Maybe it was just when I turned yeah. it on. I'm like, I mean, his <laughs> stuff looks really good. He's got that that spike slider or curveball that he throws, which is mm-hmm. a really cool pitch. Um, mm-hmm. But he just, you know, I I I, I almost think that he's always going to be this almost was you know, kind of guy, because I had such high hopes for him. And he really looked the same to me in spring training that he looked like last year, but not as scared. Mm-hmm. You know, he just looked a little more relaxed <laughs> in spring training. Now, I would love to see him, you know, kind of get his shit together and, and be a great bullpen guy. I'm dubious on him as a starter ever. Hmm. I don't know. What do you think, Gene? Because I, I, Colin seems to be using him a little bit, so there must be something yeah, he it, might. I think. They might be setting something up where he's going to get some sixth or seventh inning work early in the season. If Familia's not there, they need a guy that's going to step up. Everybody's got to move up a slot. Um, mm-hmm. But getting back to your to your Wheeler comment, I'll tell you right now. Yeah. If mm-hmm. you look at the numbers of the entire pitching staff, one of the things that mm-hmm. people don't talk about enough is okay. one to five. This team strikes out a lot of people. They're they're mm-hmm. over, they're close to a strikeout an inning, which is the marker, uh-huh. and they, and they don't walk anybody. I mean, their walks for strikeout pitchers. The only guy that right. sticks out is Wheeler. Wheeler walks right. mm-hmm. a lot of guys compared to the rest of the Mets, but not mm-hmm. a lot of guys in general. You know, right. these guys for strikeout pitchers, even Mets, they're they're lights out with their walks, so they're controlled and attacking the zone, and that's where kind of Wheeler does stick out. So. You know, that fifth spot is not his. It's not, you know, it might be that he's the guy that does the second half if needed. So you put a Gazelman in or a Lugo in, and if they need help in the fifth, mm-hmm. you put in Wheeler. I mean, he, these other guys, I mean, the, the team is, is stacked with starting pitching. Yeah, I, you know, I, I love Lugo. I love Lugo's stuff. To me, I mean, he's the guy. Gesellman, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm like befuddled by Gesellman. I'm like, here's a guy who had this kind of up and down. He's got great hair, though. He's got great he, – look at the guy's hair, man. Dude, follow his sister <laughs> on Twitter. Follow his sister on Twitter. She is a smoke show. Uh, <laughs> I hope she's over 18. Uh, I think like a magician smoke show? Or? She is a smoke show. So, um, she's always posting. What is her, her name? Wait, what is her wait, What is her name? <laughs> Shit, I I can't remember, but I, I'll do. I'll send it to you. But look up the Selman. But um, uh, but he's okay, a guy. Okay. I mean, Caitlin six Gazelman. four. He's in the You're he's in the mold. Yeah, he's in the mold. He you know oh he's, he's lanky. He's lean. 
know, he throws <laughs> strikes. I'm like, why did you uh-huh. suck so bad in the minor league? You know, and was what we saw yeah. last year a mirage? Were, were you just the benefit of Babip and everything else, or are you really going to be something? So I, I'm yeah, but we have a Vegas, maybe. Element. Huh? Yeah, but with, Vegas with and Syndergaard wasn't that great in Vegas, right? He's not just but Vegas, dude. He's Marty. been up and down. Dude, I, I mean, I'm telling you, Lugo, Lugo is the guy. Lugo has Lugo has major league stuff. He's got had a curveball that freaking lights out. I think he caps out as a legitimate number three. I think the Salmon mm. caps out at, you know, a, a, a fringe number five. Lugo is the shit. He's got some real, real stuff there. That's the guy. Yeah, I like Gazelman's strikeouts. I mean, Gazelman's strikeouts impress me. His earn run yep. average is similar. His his strikeouts are just better than than Lugo. But you know what? That's not always going to translate. But it's a great problem to have. I mean, mm-hmm. honestly, yeah. we have a cohort of guys, and not just one, but one and a half cohorts. And I don't think it's all Las Vegas because they were playing in other spots too. That right. they've actually pitched better in the majors than the minors. I, I mean, that never happened. Doesn't make sense. And no, no. But it's, it's lightning in a bottle. I mean, there's 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 a bunch of starting pitching, and, and credit to Sandy for not dumping one of them um, for yeah, a panic move. Because we tried could to. have been had. <laughs> he and tried I, to. We 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 almost didn't end up with Cespedes, but rather with uh, with uh, what's his face back again. Um, oh, uh, God, yeah. Carlos Gomez. Yeah, Gomez. Yeah. So yeah. He, he also got a little lucky too. The the person he was going to trade is our least valuable starter. So it's not, right. you know, he, mm. if he would listen to me, I said trade Syndergaard last year, and all you know. In the spring, I said trade this guy and get something as big as you can get, and I couldn't have been more wrong. Uh, right. it's, it's, but I still say we have the starting pitching to weasel Mike Trout away from the Angels. <laughs> so, <laughs> somebody be smart about it, and I and I and I'll I'll go to my grave with that one. There's a way to get Trout, but I don't know the move because I would have said. My original move was Lagares and Harvey when Harvey was high. Now it's going to take way more. But, I mean, that's an interesting thing to think about, that, you know, Syndergaard's stock is so high. Could you ever pull off a, a trout move, and would it be worth it? No. You know what? I think you could, and I don't think it would be worth it. <laughs> not worth really? it. I think that they uh, – because, the, you know what? They're paying him a fortune. They're not that close to winning. I mean, realistically – I mean, you know what? I tell you what. You could probably get Trout for a little less if you took Pujols. Yeah, but could you, you know, imagine all that, that money. lineup that we'd have? The, yeah, we mean, wouldn't have the pitching. You're, you're getting a, I mean, like we'd be down you, whatever we gave them. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, the price. It would be the price for Trout. Is, you know, yeah, the price for Trout is going to be you know, Syndergaard and Degrom, and yeah. you know, and Conforto. I, I mean, no. That's yeah, that, no. Well, that's you know. Hmm. I don't know if it's worth we, it. I mean, we, like, as great as he is, I mean, realistically, the production you get from one guy, the difference between him and Cespedes, I mean, he's a great player, obviously, but, that, but it's still one guy, that, you know? That's no, a I know what you mean, move. but it's like, right, well... Dent, the most well, valuable you know what, though, I don't, I don't, I don't the I say valuable. that because Piazza played, a, played catcher. You know, he, he was filling a, an offensive position with amazing offense, Center and that field. was a big thing. Se- well, center field yeah. is huge. I mean, I mean he's a gold glove in baseball <laughs> as a starting pitcher. 
you know, we have to keep, but we, we have, have an to embarrassment keep this riches. riches. Keep yeah. them all. Keep them all. Oh, I mean, come no on. Yeah, I, I totally agree. agree. I let totally it ride, agree. I don't man. Think, Come on. I don't think, dude, I, I think letting it ride is just, I think, I think we got it the way it is. I mean, just to me, the only thing that they can really make a mistake with is, is thinking, not really getting creative with the starting pitching because I'm thinking, you know, you have X amount of innings to throw this year. And the idea is you want to have a competitive advantage by having a, a solid arm in the most amount of those innings possible. So if you have, you know, if you do somehow break with eight healthy starters, I mean, I, I just think that it's silly to, to leave any of them in Vegas. You know, do we have, enough, sort of, do we have enough hitting for this pitching? For What's this that? pitching? I mean, honestly. Yeah. Do we, I think are so. we going to go through two weeks of the season this year where we have to score two runs and we're saying, oh, come on, just score three or four and we're going to win this game and we're only scoring yeah, two. Yeah, but look at, look at the lineup, though. Look at the lineup. <clears throat> you know, yeah, it's good. Duda, let's say he's healthy. You know, Duda can, mm-hmm. Duda can hit. Walker can hit. As Drupal can hit, Rays can hit, the outfield can all hit. I mean, we have a, a lineup that's not going to scare anybody on a daily basis, but it's one of the better lineups in baseball. We don't have, you know, Chris Bryant. We don't have uh, what's his name for the Red Sox. But we have top to bottom a pretty good lineup. So that I think we do have Chris in, Bryant. I think that we just so, we're just not letting him play. Conforto? <laughs> that maybe not not quite as good, but Conforto this. Man, Bruce should be playing first. I mean, it's not exactly like like um, Duda's Keith Hernandez, and he's so injury injury prone. I just don't, I don't get it. Like, I don't understand why Bruce is just not coming off the bench. What's to me it, rather not Bruce? I'm sorry. Why Duda isn't coming off the bench? I mean, what's the what's the the purpose? It's between. Look, apparently Bruce can play first. He says he's comfortable there, so he says he's backing up. You know, Duda, obviously, to be polite about it, but to me, it's Conforto against Duda. I'm, how do you not like, – he's raking right now. He's, he's just – he hits wherever he goes. What's the, what is the purpose of, of creating – of not letting Conforto play, play in the outfield? I mean, what's – it's the same, you know, same payroll. Like, what's the, what's, and he's, he hits so differently than everybody else. You know, he's not feast or famine. He's kind of like a, a doubles, you know, extra base guy, which is exactly what we can use. Yeah, I, they must I, would, have seen I, would, I would start. I would start Conforto. I mean, honestly, I, I, I hate to say it, but to me, Granderson is the guy that's out. I would hmm. have an outfield of Conforto, Cespedes, and Bruce with Duda at first base. And I, you know, at this point in his career, the guy is what thirty five, thirty six years old. I would have Granderson as kind of your fourth outfielder. Len Lagaris as your fifth outfielder. I mean, that's five pretty good outfielders. And you mm-hmm. got to look at, you know, look at teams that have been successful in the past. They've had four or five good outfielders. But Granderson, every day as an everyday player, I think hurts this team. I think he's just, you know, he, he's been in decline. He had a mm-hmm. valiant effort last year. But um, I, he's the guy that probably should have, we should have parted company with in the offseason. I'm, I don't necessarily disagree. I just, I think you can go a bunch of different ways. I mean, what do you, Gene, what do you, what do you think? How would you configure it? He's, well, the tough thing about Granderson, Dave, and it's not that I'm 100% disagreeing with you, but he's hit over 20 home runs in the outfield for the Mets every season that he's been here. He hit 30 last year. He does, didn't have the RBIs. He's a little bit more expendable as a leadoff hitter now that Jose's here. Yeah. But the guy got some seriously big hits. 
And and I like Conforto. I like the 2015 Conforto. There was there was a, a month of last year that scared the crap out of me. Like this guy was never going to hit again. And I don't know what he did. I think Dave, you brought it up, like or or Nick did that he must have said or done something to to, to Terry in the sense of talking, you know, talking back and, and acting like, you know, big mouth. But um, he deserves his shot. He's going to have to earn it, but he's played well everywhere he's gone. Um, the only thing is, you know, if he could, if he could legitimately play center, then we would be in a spot of, of a no brain situation. But, you know, Granderson hit 30 bombs last year and 30 bombs are 30 bombs. It's just, oh, uh, but that's a tough one. Let's look, let's, but let's look at those 30 bombs that he hit. I mean, Granderson went for a time um, where he was just nothing at the play. I don't have the stats in front of me, but he went like a month. I, I think it was it July or August. He went like a month where he just did nothing for like an entire month, and he really struggled. He came on late in the season, um, and, I, and I like Curtis Granderson. Don't get me wrong. I mean, yeah. he's a mm-hmm. good guy. He, he always tries. You're not going to find a guy with a better attitude than him. But, man, he heard us for weeks on end last year, and I was just tired of it. Let me see. i got a splits right here. Well, he's coming up on 300 home runs, man. I mean, he's a, he's a home run hitter. If they could put him in the sixth spot of the lineup somewhere around there and get him some RBI spots, you know. All right. Well, hold on a second. I got it. I got it. Check it out. For the month of August, he batted 176. For the All entire right. month, with a 280 on base percentage, for a month in May he batted 190 with a 268 on base percentage. So take those two months out of your five month season. I mean, and that's like negative production. So the problem I have with Granderson is, I mean, when he's slumping, he's like the worst player in baseball. <laughs> and then he'll have like a great month, and then you look at the overall numbers for the season, and you're like. Well, that wasn't bad. He had 30 bombs, mm-hmm. and I do agree with it. But, you know, he had how many RBIs last year did he have? Let's see. He had 60-something. He, he hit 21 of his RBIs in September. So that means for the other mm-hmm. four but months. But that's good. Season, that, that September's a big month. I mean, I mean, Conforto for two months hit 169 in May and 119 in June. That's – that's 100. They gave him two months See, he's, he's of baseball. He's paying an awful lot for a, that, though. You know, like he had a, a bad game against season. Bumgarner. Well, yeah, but he had a one. He had a bad game against Bumgarner and kind of fell into a slump. But the guy, they sent two him months. to Vegas. He hit almost 500. I mean, to me, I know. You know, you know, you have these players that are doing this on a regular basis, and considering his upside, even and this also applies to Bruce, by the way, in, in a certain way, where I was starting starting to think about it. Once they sort of kind of committed to keeping him, uh, at least, you know, publicly, started looking at I mean, the guy's 29, and I like – I have to admit, I sort of like how he was fighting a little feisty because, you know, instead of just basically calming down, just being, I guess, uh, passive about the whole New York thing. I mean, he just came out like the other day and started talking about how he didn't think that was an issue and his family is moving to the upper, upper uh, West side. He doesn't want to live in the yeah. suburbs. He, wa- he seems to want to prove that he's not, that he's got the balls to, to do something here, which to me, like it sort of changed my mind about having him around because if he's, if he's got something to prove, I want to see him prove it. I, I you know, why not? I mean, oh. 
But, but Jay, Jay, yeah. Bruce, Jay Bruce is a Jay Bruce is a very 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 flawed player. Jay Bruce has a career on yeah. base percentage of three eighteen. I mean, yeah. he's had he's had two full seasons recently in twenty four fourteen uh-huh. and twenty fifteen where his on base mm-hmm. percentage was lower than two ninety five. Two full okay. seasons. I, I mean, you know, sabermetrics are what they are, but the fact of the matter is, you need you need you guys getting on base at least three thirty mm-hmm. three forty clip. And right. yeah, you know, Jay Bruce is a good dude. He's got some pop, but yeah. God, you know, it's been proven time and again that getting on base is what wins. And he just doesn't get on base enough for me. Right. Well, but that's, I mean, I, if he's I like playing right field, percentage. what if he's playing first base? I mean, who, you know, it's not exactly like we have uh, Mickey Mantle at first and, you know, last year he couldn't, you know, dude has been having trouble even getting on the field. So we ended up with what's his face for half a season because of Duda's back, and so to but, me that's when Duda's when Duda's healthy, mm-hmm. when Duda's healthy, okay, he gets on All base right. at about a three fifty clip with power, and he drives and runs. And he has these weird little funky things. He's not the best clutch player. We all know that. Mm-hmm. But I would take Duda, uh, full full strength Duda over a full strength Bruce every single day of the week, with, and it's not it's not even close. So well, really I, would, I would take a full strength to David not, Wright too, which, but I mean, is it how, well, how what are the probability have, have, of, of us? Mm-hmm. Well, forget about David Wright. We're talking about you know Bruce. Well, about yeah, Bruce, I'm just talking Duda and Conforto. Yeah. So Bruce, right. Duda, Conforto, well, and deal. Granderson. Out of those four players, uh, who do you want? I'll take Duda and Conforto over Granderson and Bruce. Are you well, factoring in, in the likelihood of injury into that? Like, are we? Is that part of the thought process, or it's just on paper if everyone's healthy? Well, I think Conforto is not an injury risk. I think Bruce is not an injury risk. I think mm-hmm. Granderson, you know, not really an injury risk, and Duda is an injury risk. So that's that's mm-hmm. the wild card. What do you think, Jane? I like Conforto, but Conforto had a great April. May and June, they let him play. He hit 169 and 119 with a 242 yeah. on-base percentage and a 182 in those mm-hmm. two months. He goes right. away for July and August, sparingly with the Mets, uh, the big club, where he hit 208 in 10 games and 192 in nine games. They bring him back in September. His on-base percentage was 400, but his batting average is 235 with one home run. We've given him a lot of leeway. I mean, it's a potential upside. I see it. What you need to do is if you want to do the Wheeler-Gazelman split, figure out when Duda is going to be super Duda hot and when Bruce is going to be super Duda, uh, super Bruce hot, because those guys are so streaky that if you could figure out when their streaks are occurring, they're great guys to have on the team. And, and it's a coin toss. I don't, I don't have, but we're given a lot of benefit of doubt to to Conforto for, you know, a small sample size. Well, yeah, that's that true. I mean, the thing with Conforto though, too? Mm-hmm. I mean, Conforto's young. I mean, he's mm-hmm. you know a, nu- a number one pick. He was the best hitter mm-hmm. in the draft when the Mets got him. He's positively raking in the minor leagues. He did rake in the big leagues in 2015. I think 2016 was an anomaly, personally. Uh, I think his head got messed with a little bit. You know, he didn't mm-hmm. quite know how to deal with it. He probably never had that kind of um, uh, struggles, you know, as a hitter, probably since he was in Little League or, or ever, maybe not ever. And he just didn't mm-hmm. do well recovering from it. I think he's matured. Mm. He looks great. His swing looks awesome. 
you know, I, I think if he earns the job, which he is earning it, I'd like to see him have it. And then um, maybe you figure out what to do at first base. But I would love to see Conforto just lock him up, put him on a corner. Ron Darling said it, just give him a job. And then let these other veterans who are older, struggling, or injured, you know, those three fight for the other two slots, but give Conforto a slot. I couldn't agree more. Honestly, to me, the fact that all these veterans are getting behind, and not just getting behind it, but rather being vocal about being asked, you know, it's almost kind of like they're just pushing it and pushing it. And honestly, you know, it's not going to be long until we have to start paying these pitchers. And to me, you want to get to the Conforto, um, Rosario, you know, you want to get to that stage as quickly as possible and have them, I guess, slowly worked into the mix now when you have to eventually take the Grandersons of the world and these people that are kind of leaders and sort of get rid of them um, because you can't afford them anymore and not replace them with other people. And so to me, I think that there's, it's almost a necessity to get Conforto in there and not have, give him sparring at bats either to let him see what you got. See if, if, do we need to replace him? Can he play? I mean, I think it's, you know, I mean, I think we're, we're on the verge of a great year, but at the same respect, I think, you know, next year is going to come soon enough too. And I be great to know that we have this guy in there, somebody young that's going to be controllable for a while. Uh, um, well, I, I, don't, I totally agree. Look at his minor league stats. The guy bats 330 in Brooklyn, 312 at Binghamton, and 422 at Vegas. 330 minor league, career minor league average. I mean, come on. The guys can rake. And he, like I said, he's the best hitter out of Oregon, best hitter in the draft, um, you know, three years ago. And I just think he's – we all want Mike Trout. He's not Mike Trout, but I guarantee you this guy is going to be a 280, 300 big leaguer with pop. Um, and, and and major leaguers, hitters, they do their most damage between ages 23 and 30, and he's 23. So give him the job because you've got about a five-year window with these guys. And then they, once they hit 30, most of them get old and they start declining. I mean, Granderson, God bless him, man. But uh, I just I can't stomach the thought of Granderson being out there all season long, just chewing up the bat, striking out, and, God, you know, hitting 150 for June. The tough part of it, the tough part of it is that Conforto won a gold glove and he's not even going to play in the outfield. Oh, wait, that's not him. That's LeGarrette. Where did this guy go? I mean, this guy, you want to talk about a bad deal. Uh, you know, that guy's a legit gold glove center fielder and a righty. Because, you know, what's hap- what, what kills Conforto, Granderson, and Bruce is they don't hit lefties. If one of those guys could mash lefties, it would it would make it, you know, very different. But – Mm-hmm. We gotta see some. We gotta see some Juan out there this year. He just can't hit. Lagares can't hit. I mean, he had that flash in the pan, but I mean, the last two seasons, I, he just can't hit. I don't know if there's injuries or whatever, but he's he, he he can't. He's not a major league hitter. He's just not. You know, he's sort of like a Paul Blair type, you know. Which um, I mean, I guess it depends yeah. on the type of team you want. Um, you know, though, I, I gotta say this: um, this discussion. <laughs> It's fantastic. Because think about this. I mean, we're we're debating which starting level player should be playing where. And it's like we're going name after name. And um, it's, you know, outside of the third base situation, which we sort of expected, I mean, these are not players that are necessarily hurt right now, even Duda's back. So 
I think the fact that we have this debate going on just shows how strong the team really is. I mean, this mm-hmm. is we're talking about, about our quote-unquote bench and making legitimate arguments about why each every bench player should be the starter, and that that to me is why I'm so um, confident in this team this year. I mean, I just the fact that this team won the wild card um, last year completely depleted. Just um, I don't know. What, what do you guys think in that regard? Like, is is this depth um, as uh, I mean, clearly it's <laughs> it's necessary in MLB, but do you think it's as big an advantage as um, as it seems? It, it's a good, you know, it's a good advantage. I mean, I, I like the depth on the team. I wish it was a little bit um, a little bit more sure in terms of starting players, because mm-hmm. it seems like we do have guys that are, you know, really bench players that are, you know, going to play a prominent role. You know, we haven't even talked about Darno. You know, Darno is a, a big, mm. huge question mark. But I mean, you know, other than really, other than Cespedes, let's look at the, this every starting position. Other than Cespedes, who is a lock solid, no doubt, position player that we have? Neil Walker, Kadrubal, yeah. Astrubal. Yeah. I mean, well, Neil, Neil, I'll see Neil Walker for sure. Um, you know, I mean, he's been consistent every single year. You know, I can't really, you know, it's. I think if you're going to start Reyes. picking apart people like that, well, you know, no, I'm not, I mean, look, you can then pick apart. But you, who who is a lock solid star star player other than Cespedes that we have Reyes. You know, guaranteed? Really? Um, yeah. Um, I'll tell you what. You know what, Neil Neil Walker. I'd consider him for a second baseman. I mean, he's possibly top five in baseball. I think so. Yeah, he, you know, he's I mean, he's not exciting, yeah. that's for sure. But uh, from a consistent standpoint, I mean, again, you can look at the Nationals and say the same thing. They got Harper, and then the next person you're talking about is Daniel Murphy, that who for the last, you know, what 15 months has been treated like a star and has been performing like one. But this is da- still Daniel Murphy. <laughs> it's it's like looking at Turner in, in L.A. and it's, you know, I mean. I can't. I can't really give them Murphy as a as an incredible player. He can fall off the point. I mean, we've seen Daniel Murphy for years. So, I I think you know what team has multiple stars on it. Um, I mean, I can't really Chicago, really think of one. Boston. I'm sorry. Well, <laughs> Chicago, Boston. Yeah. <laughs> well, she, yeah, Chicago. But then Chicago has you know kind of a shaky rotation, and, and uh, Boston's good. I mean, look. I think look. You, you saw. The the Cubs and Mets at full strength, um, and the Cubs were complete. I think the Cub team from that year was a little better than the Cub, te- Cub team from this year, honestly. And you know, the, look, the a, a series can go completely the other way. I realize it, but you know, you know, we saw what we saw. <laughs> they had, they still have yet to get a lead on us in the playoffs. You know? <laughs> so that and that was um, not our lineup. That was our pitching. So I think. I think that we, you're right, and those are two teams that I think have a lot more star power in the starting lineup. But if you, I mean, we're talking 30 teams in MLB. Do you remove those two? I don't like. Is there a third? I don't. I can't. Maybe maybe Florida's got two two guys, but then their rotation's you know a mess. So I don't know. What do you? I mean, what do you think? hmm. Yeah, but you got to search for them. I mean, it's. Yeah. It's uh, split yeah. hairs. It's not as if 
there's a, a team out there with the old Cardinals teams or the Yankees with mm-hmm. the, their run. Um, mm-hmm. It just is going to boil down to who stays healthy. And, you know, luckily in the, in the history of baseball, pitching, pitching wins. And yeah. we can afford to have two guys go down again. And no other team can say that. No other team can say two of my f- top five can go down and we're still going to be okay. And we said it last year, and it still worked out. Yeah, yeah. Although last year, it's funny. I, I don't know how you guys felt because um, I think we. I mean, we spoke once near the, uh, near the playoffs. But I, I, when we lost, I kind of felt relieved, which <laughs> I don't think I'd ever feel that way. I kind of, it was. I mean, I didn't really necessarily want to lose, but. I man, I just didn't think we were going to go very far with that rotation, and the thought of having um, Syndergaard burn all that energy and being the only guy and everything else just seemed like disaster waiting to happen. I mean, did you have that same sort of thought? Like, this just wasn't our year, and I just keep everybody intact for this one. I mean, what do you think? Yeah, yeah I mean, it's tough. We were thin. Go ahead. No, but I mean. The Giants were thin too, and they had Bumgarner and, and rode him out the entire, you know, yeah. the entire playoffs. But it's almost like a boxer that doesn't have something going in that he normally had. And so we know what we had. That if we had it, it would have been, you know, and there's a million ifs. And it's almost mm-hmm. like you didn't even want to go in half-assed because the guys weren't there because um, it would have been too painful. Yeah, um, Dave question for you um the so so as we've been talking i've also been um been doing some careful online research so now the of the two gazelleman sisters are we are you referring to princess jasmine or caitlin gazelleman i'm pretty sure it's caitlin (laughs) Ah, there we go there's also princess jasmine who's also a gazelleman so he's he has an entire clan of uh, of gazelmans. There, there are really? multiple. It's a multiple gazelman, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so. Maybe it's, I don't know. I don't know which one it is then. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is a whole new trend She's now. She's a I think smoke a... show. She is a smoke show. <laughs> uh, oh, lovely, yeah, lovely, it's lovely. Kaylin. It's Kaylin. It's it is Kaylin. Kaylin. All right, there we go. She's gonna, she needs needs some followers. She has only got three hundred and forty five followers. And, and, hey, don't uh, don't ruin this for me. She needs some of us. <laughs> uh, um, so I know we we can't uh, talk for that much longer, but I wanna I wanna touch on this familiar situation. So obviously, I heard, and you guys tell me if there's anything you know that I'm missing. Uh, I heard that. Um, that uh, the commissioner's office has sent uh, Scooby-Doo and his investigators to the WBC <laughs> <laughs> because because that's where the clues are to tell MLB what exactly Familia did because you know they don't know by now they're still researching it but but they can't suspend them but but the WBC when they get there you know those meddling kids are going to uncover something and then then they're going to be able to suspend them. Um, do I pretty much have that right? Is that could it be any other reason why <laughs> why this is happening or uh, why this is taking so long? I have no idea what's going on with this whole thing. I mean, <laughs> uh, it's 
crazy. You know, it's, they should have just did something early and quick and been done with it. I mean, he obviously screwed up. Give him a little punishment and then drive on. Mm-hmm. Well, what's the screw up? You know, Gene, let me ask you something. This is, you know, this might be in your um, your wheelhouse as far as, um, you know, looking at cases. Being an abuser? You know, maybe not. <laughs> Jeez Louise, man! <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, well, like, 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 look. There, there are differences, obviously, between every single case, and in this case, um, unlike the other um, athletes that were were sort of that they've been punished for this sort of thing, um, his case was just, you know, dropped. I mean, he was it was erased, um, and. I mean, it's whether somebody believes it or not, whether, you know, his wife was saying that the scratches came from the baby, which, you know, baby nails can do that sort of thing. And there wasn't, theoretically, though, there wasn't any obvious evidence of him striking her or anything like that. So clearly she's called 911 because he was drunk and having a fit. And and so my concern here, my thought is this, is this, first of all, do you think this is actually um, certain circumstances to, to over-exaggerate some stuff, if that's what this is, do you think it is doing the opposite of what they should be doing in the respect of making women maybe not feel like they can't call 911 if they feel unsafe? Because let's say his wife, let's say he was just flipping out, you know, he was just having a fit, but he didn't, he never would have ever touched her in that regard. She, it was right for her to call 911 if she felt insecure, she felt like she needed help. But you're going to get these baseball wives, these people that sort of feel like, well, I can't call to protect myself because if anything gets put out there um, at all, this guy, my, I'm going to lose income, I'm going to lose livelihood, <laughs> money for my family for a month, you know, and is that, is it the fact that there's no way, like, in other words, if the husband and wife both come to the commissioner and say, listen, I don't know what to tell you, he didn't do anything, and he just says, well, just, we have to suspend them anyway. Is is that wrong? I mean, it feels wrong to me. What do you what do you think? Well, in this case, there's a mandatory arrest policy in the United States mm-hmm. for this. So right. he's so in that case, and then what we know about domestic violence empirically right. that, okay. and I'm going to turn into a dork in a second okay. here, but just um, the ex post facto analysis is part of the cycle of violence. So, you know, mm-hmm. it's it's very tough to say, you know, if it was serious enough to report, it's serious enough to take it as a, a real, a real issue. Sure. After the fact, when, when everybody calms down and you start evaluating, mm-hmm. that's still because of the cycle of violence and how it is highly mm-hmm. likely that this can happen again. Sure. They can't ignore it. What is sure. the problematic part here is that Major League Baseball, possibly because of WBC or something else, they're not dealing with it. They should be dealing with it right away in spring training. They shouldn't wait for the season mm-hmm. to start. It should be mm-hmm. a uniform policy that, mm-hmm. you know, and without a doubt, police officers know if this is a fake charge that somebody is calling the police to say, you know, I want to jam this guy up so he doesn't play baseball this year. They'll know, and sure. they can make that assessment. But where it's not a misdemeanor, you know, where there's a case that it's a serious serious enough incident to report and, and mandatory arrest, Major League Baseball should well, have wait, a policy. explain that to me. Well, explain mandatory arrest to me, because you just mentioned if the cops can show up in a situation and deem that it's not, it's, you know, whatever it is. Let's say somebody's just 
you know, throwing an athlete under the bus or something, that can they leave, or is it mandatory that they get arrested to at least check out? At no, least if there's a, if stop, there's a, right. if, if there's an injury there, if somebody okay. calls and says my my husband has been abusing me right. or my wife has been abusing me, right, and there's okay. if there's a sign of an injury and it's it's serious right. enough, and right. an injury doesn't even have to be more than a red mark on your face, then right. it's a okay. mandatory arrest. So See, at that point, okay. go ahead. No, I was going to say, all right, and I, I think that that's not a terrible policy, just to play it safe. It's fine. So they, let's say in Familia's case, they threw out the arrest. So the arrest never happened. It technically happened, but it's not in the books anymore. It's not like the other, not like Reyes, and it's not like Chapman, where they just, you know, it's just like they, it's, they erased it. So it's as though it never happened. So it's the equivalent of, um, of the cop turning around and leaving except it got into the media. So perhaps he's getting punished because people know about it as opposed to them not knowing about it. So, and it, I think it's true that if major league players are punished, even when just, if there's anything that gets out publicly that, that even implies it, you know, whether it, just because for perception, they want to show that they're behind something, but rather it's, I think it's going to end up discouraging people from calling for help when they need it. So if, isn't there a fine line between punishment you know, and just the way it looks and or what's going to be a functional punishment? Well, it's tough to assess, you know, them dropping the charges versus that it didn't mm-hmm. happen. Because if his right. wife said, look, you can take this all the way to court. You can do whatever you right. want. I'm not even coming to court. There's no way I'm going right. to cooperate. Some okay. jurisdictions will say, all right, we're going to take it to court ourselves. Depending right. on where the area is, they may say, mm-hmm. why are we going to ra- waste our resources on this? Because right. – this person has just said, we will not cooperate at all. Most places okay. will say, we're going to still take it forward. But I don't think mm-hmm. it's going to stop. You know, he's not denying that this incident happened. And that's the thing. It, there's no, there's no like, this was a misunderstanding. This, this is. Well, but, but they both say that baseball, he didn't hit her. That, that's the one, he said, they both said that. that that's what he said. Um, the, I mean, an incident happened for sure. But it's like, what is the incident? What is, what is the issue here? Is it that he's throwing a fit, or did he lay a hand on her? You know, and if he didn't lay a hand on her, should he be punished for it? Yeah, if he did, yeah. I mean, if, if, if his husband and wife screaming at each other, maybe that's not something. But if he said, I'm going to yeah. kill you and pulls out a gun, even if he, you know, right. that's pretty serious. Right. Um, but it's, it, you know, mm-hmm. this, isn't like, this isn't a surprise thing, like, oh, we don't know how to deal with this illness, this mm-hmm. one thing. Right. This should be something that Major League Baseball is dealing with first day of spring training. Right. It, 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 regardless of the circumstances. Well, you know, the only thing that's more important than protecting women for MLB, it's making sure you have all your arms for the WBC. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. Dave, what, what do you think about this? Um, what's What's your opinion? Uh, you know, I really think that, um, you know, it's obviously innocent until proven guilty. Um, mm-hmm. And that Major League Baseball should have made a decision early, done their own internal investigation. You know, they got tons of money, mm-hmm. talked to Familia, and then if they believed him and nothing did happen, then you just totally exonerate the guy. Or if there's something there, then you say, okay, we're going to suspend you a month and we want you to get counseling. And they're well within their right to do that. And the Players Association mm-hmm. could have 
fought it and done whatever, but I think Major League Baseball you know, needs to have a line in the sand because of all the domestic you know, violence things that have happened, and there's been precedents recently mm-hmm. up to and including Reyes. Um, so they should have done one or the other, but this limbo thing just is not working for anybody. Yeah, couldn't agree more. Do you do you think he'll be suspended, or do you feel like maybe maybe he won't? Is there any any thought that he might not be suspended, considering it's gotten this far? Yeah, I, I actually don't think he's going to get suspended. Um, hmm. Hopefully, you know, he and the Mets and the lawyers are working with baseball and saying, you know, nothing happened, and, and but here's what I'm doing just to prove how strong my marriage is and what a good guy I am, mm-hmm. or you know, if really, really nothing happened, maybe he's just saying, look, you know, you have no proof. My wife says nothing. The cops mm-hmm. let it go, and I will sue you, you know, because you, you, you're besmirching me. But there's got to be something going on back channel that this limbo thing is just baseball. They, they screwed this one up, hmm. in my opinion. Yeah, yeah, I um I just wonder if they screwed it up or if it's literally they're just stalling it for the WBC. I mean, it, I mean, obviously, smoking gun is there. It's whether I mean, it just thinks that that's a. It's this was set up in a way where that's a something I can suggest. You know, whether it's true or not. You know, these things are what people think about because there's really no logical reason why this should take forever. It's you know, whatever. Just determine what happened and figure out what sort of punishment that should be for, I think. And so, you know, I think it's, to, to me, I always seem to think the uh, think the worst if I'm not getting all the information. So hopefully they will. Well, well, the pro- I, I mean, the problem is the investigation has just taken way too long. I'm like, mm-hmm. come on, get in there. I think familiar has been, been open. I think, mm-hmm. you know, you just got to get in there and, and figure the shit out. I mean, it's it's just crazy. You know, it's crazy. I mean, I, I have um, a recommendation. I mean, there, sure. well, first of all, it's a, it's a social issue, and, and you can't ignore. It's not like you know a driving a, a driving issue, and that you're like, oh, you, you shouldn't be doing that. You're you're a role model. This is this is bigger than Major League Baseball, so it's going to be bigger. Right. But if they're thinking about punishment as a trained criminologist, I can help them with this, and it's basically. Give him a suspension in October because he pitches like mm. shit in October anyway. So <laughs> this would <would be> benefit. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, but seriously though, this, this incident, it did happen last October. So mm. what is that? Five months ago, and he's yeah. still investigating over this. I mean, come on. If if nothing else, then I I sure as hell wish. Familiar and the Mets would have went to baseball with their own solution. I mean, there's been, you know, 30, 60, 90, you know, whatever day suspensions. It would have been, you know, great if they would have said, you know, you're suspended, you know, whatever, 60 days from the start of spring training. Just get the shit over with. It's just crazy to, to leave everybody in limbo. Hmm. I don't get it. Yeah, me neither. Um, I guess uh... – is there anything else you guys really want to bring up? I mean, we can obviously talk as the spring continues, but um, uh, you want to just close with um, a bright spot and a uh, bright spot and a worrisome spot uh, from what you've seen so far in uh, spring training. You know, my bright spots are um, obviously, you know, Thor and DeGrom have looked 
great. It's nice to see Blevins, you know, spinning the baseball again. Um, you know, Conforto looks good. Duda. I mean, there's a lot of bright spots right now. But the concerns are the concerns. I mean, I, I still have a lot of injury concerns. And uh, I'm just I'm a little worried that you know, we haven't seen the stability uh, in the positions that I would like to see at this point. But hopefully the next two weeks will tell us a lot. But I'm still I'm still very bullish and optimistic on the season. I think the Mets are going to going to be a fun fun team to watch all year, and I cannot wait. Mm-hmm. Gene, what do you think? The positive, I mean, the positive going into spring training is this is the first year of a good team that made no moves that people weren't mm-hmm. freaking out about. I mean, we really made no moves whatsoever, um, mm-hmm. and normally there's always do this, do that. You know, I, I would have maybe wanted them to think about a, a catcher solution in case Darno, and that goes to my negative. I don't know yeah. what at all we're going to get out of catcher this year, and mm-hmm. the only thing that saves me is knowing that Rivera will catch Syndergaard, so it's not going to be an issue. But, you know, I'm a little concerned about catcher. Um, it wasn't that long ago, and we're, you know, some of the, the lefty – the lefties that we have on the team, if we have Granderson, if we have Conforto, if we have Bruce, if we have Duda, again, we're in the same spot where a lefty reliever can come in and whoop our ass. Um, and I'm hoping that we have a solution for the right side. And so, you know, th- those types of things make me a little nervous. But overall, you know, this, this pitching staff that's supposed to be, you know, the foundation, and again, give it to Sandy for – for somehow making it all work out. Um, and the competition is going to be good. Uh, it, it's, 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 it's a very different climate for me that, that each year the best pitcher kind of rotates. And so it goes from Harvey, and then it goes to DeGrom, and then it goes to Syndergaard. And mm-hmm. those guys seem to be okay with it, except for Harvey. I don't know that he's okay with it. But let's just see how that plays out. I um I sort of in the same line with you guys. I um I it's funny. I'm concerned. I'll tell you what I'm concerned about with Darno. It's uh not his bat, believe it or not, as much as the fact that it's the idea that pitchers don't want to throw to him. And um you know, we've heard like stuff about maybe his uh game calling and stuff like that, but it seems like there's um it's there's sort of vagueness as to exactly why some you know they talk about like the throwing ability and this and that, but they just they're not giving a solid answer, and it seems like um they're making a concerted effort to have um to have him talking to the pitchers and working with them. but I do wonder just the the thought of pitchers going into the front office or going into uh, Collins's office and saying, "I don't want to throw to this guy, I don't know if that relationship ever gets repaired, you know, considering that that happened i mean it's how do you ever get that out of your head. If you're, you know, it's a, you're a major league catcher, you're trying to fight to stay there and you have your pitcher going behind your back and saying, I don't want to throw to this, throw to this guy. Like, like to me, I wonder if the trust is ever going to be able to be reestablished. Um, or if whatever the hell is wrong with him, that the pitchers don't want to throw to him because his bat's not part of it. You know, as badly as he hit, they replaced him with Rivera, who is, you know, has no upside in that regard. So, you know, to me, that's that's I'm concerned about it from that perspective. Um, whereas it looks like he might have, uh, 
you know, he might have made some adjustments with his bat. And the guy, you know, with consistent at-bats seems to have been able to hit. So, um, you know, and the other thing obviously I'm worried about a little bit is is what I saw today from uh, Harvey, <laughs> just from, you know, that uh, that um, velocity, which, again, they probably they shouldn't be – I know, I think um, – What's his face from the the um, oh god from the uh, Braves? Um, Liam Mazzoni was talking about how they shouldn't even um, they shouldn't even televise early spring training games because it pushes pitchers to throw extra hard. But you know the reality is that when Degrom threw and hit 98, <laughs> when when they hit 98, then that's all they can talk about. You know it's a great thing and oh we Colin you know Collins turns around there he is he's back and they you know but yet when they don't oh then he's working on stuff and, <laughs> and he's building up to it and you know there's a way to spin everything but like there's no chance that Harvey's throwing around 92 and he's happy with it there's no way and and regardless of whether he's starting slow whichever else the one thing I can see is gone um, or it's gone for now is the uh, bravado. And, you know, he's much more humble. I even read an article about him blending into the clubhouse better and everything. And that's, that's great. But you know, part of what made Harvey Harvey is that he was arrogant, you know, beyond his ability even arrogant, to the point of his arrogance intimidated people, you know. And I think that that's, that's a huge thing. And, and you know, if, if he's been broken, <laughs> that would suck, you know. Um, now it's possible just – if his stuff returns, then all of a sudden his personality is just going to do what it's going to do. But that's, that's sketching me out. Like, I wonder, you know, just like DeGrom lost something last year, but he was still able to pitch because he's sort of a, a baseball player. He's, you know, somebody, I think it was Darling or Hernandez. One of these guys referred to him as just, you know, made a reference to the fact that he came up as an infielder and just, he's not like a pitcher. He's like a infielder on the mound. So he just finds a way Harvey, I, I don't know. Um, I'd like to get you guys' opinion on this before we close up here. Just if Harvey has average stuff, if Harvey's going at 93, 92, good changeup, do you think Harvey, you think his ego can take it? Do you think Harvey will be able to perform at that level without totally imploding? Um, just give me, give me your, your quick thoughts on that before we go. Dave? Either one. Hello. Hey, I, I, so your I do, well, your question. Yeah, I, I do too. I mean, and you know, he's not going to pitch ninety-two. I mean, come on. He's. I think he's working his way back. He's building up his okay. strength. I, I honestly, I am not worried about Harvey right now. Um, uh-huh. You know, would I have liked to have seen him throw a little better today? And I only saw mm-hmm. the first inning. Um, and I listened to the second inning in the radio. And I was like, oh shit, this doesn't sound so good. Um, but he looked okay. Uh, the first inning, he looked decent. I mean, the command, you know, wasn't perfect. The velocity wasn't perfect. Uh, but I think, again, um, like I said earlier in the show, you know, these next kind of two weeks are going to tell us a lot. And once you see these starters get into their third uh, and fourth mm-hmm. spring training outings and, you know, get up there around five innings, we're going to know. Um, I think Harvey, I'm, I actually think Harvey's going to have a great season. Um, yeah, I hope so too. Uh, Gene, um, what do you, what do you think? And if, if Harvey, if this is what Harvey is, I mean, let's say he his commands better and everything else, but just if he doesn't have the 98 mile an hour fastball this year, um, can he 
do what DeGrom did last year? You, do you think he can gut through it, or do you think it's just if he's not crazy good, um, he's going to have a problem from an ego perspective? I don't care. I mean, if he can't gut it out, you know, the the best pitchers of all time have talked about seasons that they didn't have their best stuff and they still gutted it out. If he's a pitcher, he doesn't need that much. And, you know, honestly, this is why I don't go to spring training games until another week and a half because you don't know what you're going to get in terms of the players. And from all accounts, I mean, he's he's he had something with his neck or something today that he was – he had a, a, a pad on his neck and he's still, like a still throwing. Yeah, like yeah, a tampon on his neck. Back. Yeah, so I mean, I'll be honest. He's the one guy on the team. Well, maybe Matt's too. Matt's can get a little goofy in his own head. But the uh-huh. thing about about Harvey is he's like that kind of crazy guy that when he does throw ninety five, he believes he can do anything. And right. so, you know, either good or bad, he can stay. You know, he. I think that if he happens to have good stuff to him, he believes he can do it. He's almost – and he'll be able to pull it off. And Matt's is a little bit goofy. But the other guys, they'll work through that stuff. And you don't need you don't need 97 every single time. I, re- I really don't think that. And maybe because the rest of the guys have been injured too, that they can work mm-hmm. with one another. I mean, he's got a pitching staff filled with guys that have had injury issues. Um, and he's going to have to learn to pitch. And he knows how to pitch. Uh, he just can't be stubborn, and that's where he gets in his own head. Mm-hmm. Um, I totally agree. Totally agree right there. And you're right. You, you don't need 98 to pitch, but I wonder if he needs 98 to pitch, um, which, uh, you know, I guess we'll, we'll find out. It's it's early yet. So, uh, But remember I, this. Gentlemen, anything else? Remember yeah. when, when, when he was in the minors and they were talking about his velocity, and then the mm-hmm. first start he had, they were like, um, he didn't even throw this hard in the minors. Like, he never threw this hard in the minors. And so he's going to hump up. When it comes, you know, Willie Randolph ringing the bell, when they ring the bell, he's going to hump up, and he's going to be there. Right. Well, let's find out. I, uh, I'm i hoping so, because <laughs> I like watching the guy pitch. Um, before we go, is there anything you guys want to bring up, anything that we haven't uh, touched on yet, or are we good to go until uh, next time? Entire podcast without mentioning Terry Collins. Terry Collins. Terry <laughs> Collins. Terry, junk uncle, man. You know, the thing that drives me nuts, I almost said earlier, is Ted, Terry loves his veterans, man. So I think he's yeah. going to ride out Granderson. And I don't know, I think Conforto is going to be hurt by, by Collins. I, uh, I, I hope you're wrong. I hope you're wrong. Me too. But, um, Me too. Well, you know what? <sighs> I thought he was a middle manager. Isn't that the way this is supposed to go? Like, I thought he has no. Why? Why would Alderson give him the capability of doing that, but like, not literally nothing else? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Sandy's We're gonna ruin Conforto, but everything else is like, yeah. I'm sorry. Sandy's making the lineup cards, so maybe we'll we'll see Conforto. Maybe that's who Conforto pissed off. All right, here's Maybe my he had prediction. A battle with John Rico. <laughs> yeah. Here's my here's my prediction. There's going to be some okay. kind of wild ass cut in spring training. Just some kind of crazy cut this year. That's something we're not expecting. Kind of like someone's going to be released. Kind of a cut. Yep. Yep. Released or swapped or traded or something. 
but something's got to break, man. We just we have too many players, too many middling players. I don't know, Gene. What do you what do you think? You think someone's leaving this spring? I think we're gonna cut Dave. <laughs> I like it. Cut me big. <laughs> no, if, you know, you know what? If they're sleeping in the weeds, you know, when they do something, um, I could totally see that. I could totally see a a, a buzzer beater uh, right right before the the season. What do they need? I like it. Like what are they what are they buzzer beatering? Like what what are they going after? Well, you know what? I don't think that it. I, I would like to see another reliever. If Familia's going to get suspended mm-hmm. and Reed's going to have to step in, Reed, Reed really doesn't close very well when they ask him to be the closer. I wouldn't mm-hmm. be surprised if they, they pulled off a reliever move for a guy with, with experience. You think above the Nats? I mean, the Nats are – you think that they'd be desperate for something like that. you know? So And that would be a double I mean, move. Well, yeah, I mean, who would we give up, though? Because um, we'd have to give up somebody better than the Nats because you feel like you figure that if it's a decent arm, they'd be all over it. And they'd be, you know, their whole season, I think, relies on getting that guy. I think I don't think they, they got a shot now if they don't, they, you know, unless we get hurt, you know, specifically. Like, I just wonder from, like, it's from a desperation standpoint. Like, I think, what, who, what's, who's available? Like, you got Dave Robertson. That's Dave probably Bruce. it. And, <laughs> For who? Yeah, I, I, I'm surprised if Jay Bruce is on this team. I'm telling you right now. I mean, Dave. Uh, me too. I, I want Bruce or Grandy gone before the season starts. Still. And you can and you can sell Bruce as just change his location. He had 90 RBIs in Cincinnati. Just change his spot. Granderson's yep. older, and so you can get a lot. I mean, you can. You could pull something off for of Bruce. Who? I don't know. Do you think you think him talking about how he moved his whole family to the Upper West Side is him being passive aggressive? <laughs> yeah, like, don't trade sucks. me now. <laughs> I'm sorry. Upper West Side sucks. Move him to the Upper East Side, you cheap bastard. Oh <laughs> 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 uh, hell! All right, guys. Um, I, uh, I think that pretty much covers everything. Um, but uh, if it does not, we can always uh, circle back. We can circle back uh, in a little bit. We'll see uh, how everyone's starting to perform. And um, I think it's going to be a lot of fun this year. So Yeah, baby. Get a guess. Rock and roll. Yeah. Oh, baseball's back. Love it. Head crane pool's kidney. Crane pool's kidney. <laughs> <laughs>